Welcome to Radiant Church Podcast. We want Jesus to be the message in everything we do. We are those who look to him. Now, here's David Perkins. All right, well, welcome to day one. Thanks so much for being here. You can go ahead and grab a seat. We're so grateful that you decided to be with us this morning. I want to give you just a couple announcements, a few things. Uh, First off, uh, one of the dreams that Renata and I sensed was that we wanted to see the Lord build this out of prayer. And so when we first arrived here, uh, we started prayer meetings in our apartment and just began to cry out to God. And, and we want to continue that. And so even though it's the first week of the church, uh, we'll have our first prayer meeting this Wednesday night. And so that's at 630. And you can look online for, uh, the web, for, on the website for the address, but we'll be at Tomahawk Ridge Community Center. And we're going to just pray for one hour together, 630, 730. We'll have a full worship band and uh, we'll have childcare as well. And so uh, if, you can, if you wanna come and pray with us, we'll do that this week. Also, uh, so my journey is the last 20 years, I've been working with teenagers and doing student ministry. And so uh, I've got a big passion for that. And so most church plants try to kick that off a ways into the church plant, but we felt like we just wanna start with that from day one. And so uh, this Tuesday night, so only two days from today, uh, we'll, we'll start gathering together teenagers. So if you know young people, we'll start Radiant Students uh, this Tuesday night. And so the address is online, and, and we're just going to begin with discipling the kids that you know. And so as you know, we need, to, we need to work diligently to reach young people today. So that's starting this week as well. Also today, right after the service at 1 o'clock, I just want to take a few moments and just tell a story uh, essentially, I've had, I had people that came in and they said, hey, I really want to hear the story. I really want to hear more about this church. And so I hope that you're not preaching today. I hope that you're going to just tell the story. Uh-uh, baby, I've been waiting a long time to preach. And so here we go. You know, I'm going to preach. And so what we decided to do is to add just the one o'clock uh, info meeting. So if you want to stick around, we'll have water, bottled water, and we'll have some snacks. You can hang out just 25 minutes where I'm going to just tell the story because people have said, I want to know kind of the, the, just the narrative of where Radiant came from and where it's going. And so we'll just have just a quick snapshot of what God's called us to do and what God's called us to be. And so that's going to be today as well. And so those are just a few things. Uh, we'll be starting small groups in the future. We're going to wait and get to know you a little bit, and then we'll start some small groups. We're also going to start some classes right after service, starting the first Sunday of October that'll help all of us connect. And so that's coming. And so all that's coming. It's super exciting. And we're really, really glad that you're here. I want to start just by introducing my bride. This is my wife, Renata. Renata, can you just stand up real quick and turn and face everybody? Can you give my wife a big hand? This is Renata. And uh, we're going to start a series today called Made for This. And The big idea is we just want to talk about why God created us. And so this week, we're going to talk about knowing God. God created us to know him. Next week, we'll talk about being free. Talk about the idea that he's called us to be disciples, and we don't have to be shackled to sin. And then the following week, we'll talk about discovering our purpose. God made each one of us with gifts and skills and talents in order to accomplish helping to build the church and build his kingdom. And so we'll talk about that. And then the last week, we'll talk about serving and making a difference and being a light and fulfilling God's call on your life and make a difference. And so that's the big series that we're going to start to launch the church. And those are the big core ideas. Uh, We're going to start today with the idea of knowing God. And so I'm going to speak on that for a few minutes. And we're going to start out of Philippians chapter three. So let's pray together and then we'll study the word. Father, we love you today. We thank you for what you're doing. God, I thank you for every single person that's here. Thank you for the beginning of something new. Thank you for this team. 
God, I just thank you for the worship this morning. I thank you for everybody who's showed up this morning on this day one. And wherever they come from, whatever their journey is, I pray that this would be a place of hope. I pray that we would discover and know and walk with you, Jesus. We honor you. We love you. And everybody at Radiant said amen. 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 All right, Philippians chapter 3. Let's read Paul. Paul says this. It's kind of one of our favorite texts. It's probably many of yours. It says this, verse 4. If someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Paul says, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. And then the famous epic text that we've known since we were kids, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth or the surpassing greatness, the worth, the greatness of knowing, present tense, of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, he's the king, of whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage or rubbish or nothing. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And then verse 10, Paul says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. I want to show you a picture of my family real quick here. This is kind of my tribe. Uh, Renata and I have four kids, Dawson, Olivia, Adeline, and Justice. And so they are 6, 8, 10, and 12. So this is our crew. And I, I love being a dad. It's one of my favorite things. And I don't know about you. How many parents? We got parents in the room. You a parent? All right, raise your hand. There it is. Okay, we got a few. No, we got a lot. And uh, for parents, we know this. We know parenting is a lot of fun, but it is a whole lot of work. Like the days of double income, no kids is the easy life compared to the time where kids show up. And it's amazing and it's fun, but it's a lot of work because suddenly it goes from hanging out, having your nights to whoo, Cheerios in the crevices of a used minivan and diapers. And then when they get a little bit older like they are now for us, it's perpetual soccer games and ballet. And it's constantly working to make sure that they have their food right and that they've got their education right. And we're working diligently to make sure that they don't eat gluten or carbonated oils. What is the word? Hygienated oils and, <laughs> and, and all that. Like, and so we're working diligently. We want to get everything right. And, and I love that. And I, it's, it's a lot of work. But imagine with me, if you and I were to spend time and we were to get everything right. I mean, we got their education right. We made sure whether it was homeschool or a great school system or, or whatever it is, they got, you got education and then they got the university right. And man, we worked hard and we kept them clean, which is hard. And they ate well, which is challenging. We got everything right. I mean, we did all that and we got it right. I mean, we worked diligently to get all that correctly. And imagine in 20 years, if we did all that right, but we don't, we never did relationship. Like we don't know them. Like we worked hard, but at the core, we don't know them. Imagine the difficulty. Imagine the challenge or the heartbreak. If we got everything right, 
but we don't know them. You've got this text here where Paul's comparing all that he's done and all the success that he's had. And he said, all the things that I've done, they're nothing compared to the one thing that matters first and foremost that I care the most about is this, I, I want to know him. And you and I, we live in a culture where it's easy to say, okay, I'm going to get everything right. I mean, I'm going to get the education right. I'm going to work diligently, and I'm going to make sure that my cars are right, and I'm going to make sure that I got the grass right, mow my yard right. I'm going to make sure that my kids are presentable and that their, 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 their hair is just, doesn't that be good? It's just presentable. Like, I'm going to get it right. I'm going to get my yard right. I'm going to, I'm going to do everything right in the culture. But imagine if we stand before God and we get all these things right, but the one thing that matters more than anything, we're just a little bit off and we stand before God and, and we don't know him. And here's what Paul's saying. He's going, the one thing that is weightier, that's of greatest worth is knowing God. One of my heroes is the president of Every Home for Christ and a phenomenal author. His name's Dick Eastman. And, and he's in his mid-70s and, and he's for 40 years been spending, get this, an hour alone with God every day and, and every day and, and hasn't missed a day. And, and some people hear that and they go, that sounds a little bit legalistic. But when you get around Dick Eastman, he cries when he talks about Jesus. And, and he would say, it's not legalistic, it's just love. It's just, I just, I, I so enjoy knowing God. And I've got this fundamental conviction that that's the reason why I'm on planet earth. And so, man, I might get a few things wrong and I might end up, you know, doing a few things that as an American are just not quite up to par. But this one thing that I got, man, I, I did the Jesus thing right and I know God, and man, I, I want to be like this guy who's in his 70s. He's got tears when he talks about Jesus. It's alive inside of his heart. Just this year, I was in a scenario where he was, he was sharing with just a few of us, and he, he just told us a story. He's got this Bible it's, and he uses every single day, and so it's, it's highlighted. It's all marked up, and in his time alone with God, that's the Bible that he uses, and so he was telling us a story where he went to the store to get it recovered because it had gotten so beat up. And the lady said, it's going to take two weeks for this to be fixed. And he looked at her and he said, I can't wait two weeks. And she said, well, it's, going to, it's just, you got to stand in line, man. And he looked at her and he said, what would it cost to get it back in 24 hours? And she said, well, that's going to cost a lot. And he said this phrase, I'll pay any price. And we look at that and all the millennials in the room thought, dude, just download a version, man. Like, what's the deal but I want you to catch the heart behind it. I want you to catch inside, it's this, I've got this conviction that's so deep that knowing God is first and foremost. And man, that Bible's precious to me because I spend time alone with God with that Bible and I don't wanna go a day without it and I'll pay any price because it, it means so much. And Paul's here and essentially what Paul's saying is he's going, listen, the, the, knowing Christ surpasses everything. It, it, it's far weightier. It's far greater. And when you go through this list, I mean, here when he says circumcised on the eighth day, he's saying, I, I'm a Jew. I, I come from a, a good family. He says, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin, which means he could point his lineage all the way back to Jacob and the 12 tribes. And so what he's saying right there is he's going, I, I, I come from a good family. I mean, I, 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 you, could be, you could respect that. A Hebrew of Hebrews. Many scholars think that he could have even he could have been really wealthy because if 
if even named possibly even maybe named Saul because as you know Saul was from the tribe of Benjamin and so you know maybe even pointing back to a king that goes back to Jacob I mean he's saying I've got this lineage and he's saying so I've got good family I've got social status I'm a Pharisee which that meant that he'd been a scholar and he'd studied the scriptures so he knew Bible and he had good social status and good family he says I'm as for Good works. He says, zealous. I mean, faultless, going after it. He describes it here. He says, I'm essentially saying moral. I mean, fighting for righteousness. And this phrase that he says is this. But when I look at all of that, I consider all of it trash or garbage. It's worth nothing compared to this all-consuming passion. That's this. The weightiness. The worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. He's saying at my core, what what I care about so much is I care about relationship. That's first place. Friends, you and I were created for relationship with God. When we look through the Old Testament and we see God creating Adam and Eve from the beginning, before sin enters the world, there's relationship and Sin enters the world and it gets in the way and it starts to clog and starts all of our flesh starts to cling to other things But all throughout scripture, there's people that have walked with God and known God. And it's actually the way that you're most alive on planet earth. You were made, you were created by God to walk with him and to know him. And so you've got from Noah walking with them and Abraham walking with them. And you've got David and all the way to we get to Jesus. And when Jesus is on the earth, God incarnate, Jesus walking on the planet. And he prays in John 17, his father, I desire that they would know you. So Jesus praying for what? For relationship. He's saying, I want, the greatest thing is relationship, that they might know God. It's the privilege. Like, it's what we're made for. And sometimes in the midst of the culture that we live in, and it's me, I don't know about you, but it's my temptation to try to get all the other things right. And I'm working so hard. Man, I got to make sure that my kids are right. And I got to make sure that I do money right. And I got to look toward the future right. And I got to mow the grass, which is, there's a lot more grass in Kansas than there was in Colorado. It's a lot more work. I got to perpetually weed eat in order to just keep everything going. And I mean, it's, I got all this stuff that I got to do. I got to keep the kids paid for. And I got to think about their, I got all these things I got to do. And the temptation is to miss the big picture, the target, which is this above everything. What I was made for is I want to know Jesus. We want to put that right at the center. And this morning, I want to invite you to just realign and go, I want that to be the main thing. A number of years ago in Colorado, I took a, a bunch of college students skydiving. And uh, to go skydiving, we had to get up really early. It was still dark out. Everybody paid a bunch of money. And so we're, we're there. We're about to go skydiving. And there was these five kids that were sitting off to the right. And they're just sitting there. And I said, are you guys ready? And they said, we're not going to go. I said, you're not going to go? And they said, we're not going to go. It's too scary. I said, wait a minute. You got up at 4 a.m. to be here. Right. You paid a whole lot of money to be here. Right. We know. You're going to be here on skydiving day and not go skydiving. Right. That's the plan. <laughs> and I remember thinking, that seems insane to me. The purpose of the day is skydiving. And they're thinking, you're the insane one. You're the one risking your life for no reason at all. Right. 
But I think for many of us, man, it's just kind of like we can pull back and go, the main reason that we're here, I mean, on planet, we are going to spend, when you look at where everything concludes, when you and I look at where everything's going in eternity, it's about relationship with Jesus. That's where it all ends. And the privilege that we possess, not the obligation, duty, I got to check kind of like a homework box. I got to just do my duty. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what Paul's saying, where he's talking about the worth, the surpassing greatness. And you can feel even the heartbeat inside of him when he looks at all the other things and getting to the place where we would look at all these other things instead of these other things being like, I really do love all these other things, but I kind of got to do the God thing. Instead, there's a relationship that is so excellent that we so love that everything else just seems like rubbish compared to the surpassing greatness of this one conviction. If I get anything right, God, here's the thing that I'm gonna do in my 70, 80, 90 years on planet Earth. God, I'm going to know you. And that's where Paul goes here, we're in verse 10. I almost think it feels like a resolution. Just, you can almost feel some grit inside of him. Almost like this, I mean, when I read it, I just see Paul, he's sitting in this Roman prison cell. He's already written First and Second Corinthians, so he's written to the church, and he's already planted church in Philippi. He's already, you know, starting churches, and he's always being persecuted for the faith. This isn't a question of salvation. This isn't a moment where he's saying, I want to know Christ. Like, hey, I don't know Jesus, and I want to come to know Jesus. No, where Paul is, is he's going, man, back in Acts chapter 9, I was doing my own thing. I was, I mean, I was zealous persecuting the church, and Jesus appeared to me brighter than the sun. That's the way he explains it in Acts 26. Jesus appears to me brighter than the sun, and all of a sudden, it reversed my life, and I'm no longer doing that life. I'm doing the Jesus life, and he's like, here's what I I want. I want to know Jesus. And it's this idea of I want to be close to God. It's not, hey, I want to start a relationship. It's he's already been in relationship. And he's saying, I, I want to know him. I want to, I want to be close to him. Man, I've got this resolution, this determination. I want to be a friend of God. I, me, not my friends, not anybody, me, I want to know Jesus. And I don't know about you, but in my journey, Growing up, American culture, and even Christian subculture, is so tempting to think, man, I got a relationship, I'm pursuing, because we've got so many of the tatterings of Christian subculture, right? I mean, we've got Christian radio, we've got, we've got, we've got Christian music on Pandora, we can have the Bible on our iPhone, we've got bumper stickers, we've Christian bumper stickers that, I mean, we've got, it, we've got Christian vegetables discipling our children. We, we've got it all. We've got all these different things. And the temptation is to just kind of think, because I've got all these things just kind of set up. Yeah, yeah, I, I know Jesus. But I just want to invite us today, and I'm inviting myself, it's this statement. Let's push all the clutter aside Let's just make this determination. There is something weighty in Paul's confession, in Paul's resolution, where he's going, all of it is ashes compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. And my prayer for us, even at Radiant Church on day one, as we begin this journey, is imagine with me a church where deep down there's this resolution, we want to know God. And so we gather together on Sundays and we worship and we know God and we seek God together. But then as we go throughout the week, I mean, there's people in coffee shops all over town and in their 
building prayer rooms in their houses and the recliner with their Bibles and there's this decision, I'm going to know Jesus. And it's not just a Sunday thing, it's a week-long thing. It's a decision, it's, it's uh, uh, not, not the tatterings of, of Christian subculture, but this real decision. And when you push aside the music, when you push aside the Bible app, when you push aside all those other things, and it's just me and God, just me and God, no cool music, no like hipster, cool worship guys in skinny jeans singing pretty songs, <laughs> but ju- no lights, just me and God in the cold basement, Bible, notebook, the pen that barely works, and just God, it's, I know him. Or maybe it's just you driving to work, turning off the radio, and there's nothing but just you and communing, abiding, it's real and that that relationship is actual there's actually real conversation real relationship i grew up in uh, oklahoma city and so uh i'm gonna lose some of you i'm afraid to be a part of our church once i confess this but i'm an oklahoma sooner fan and so just stop right there and i know that you're like oh i i, I like this guy for a few minutes now i don't but anyway and so i went to ou for a season and and so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a big football fan and Oklahoma Sooner football fan and scary to say today, I know. But, um, but I had a crazy thing happen. Renata and I went on vacation. We had that time, I was in my early 30s and we had three kids that were three and under. And we, we landed in Miami and the Sooners had just lost uh, the night before. And uh, we, look, we get to the airport and I look over to my left and I just see this sea of crimson and cream. And something in my heart just goes, <gasps> and I look at Renata and I'm just baffled. I look and there's the Oklahoma football team in the airport. And I'm just kind of in shock. Like I didn't could make the connection. Yeah, they're leaving. They had the game yesterday. Here we are. But I mean, they're literally the gate waiting right next to us as we're right there. And I'm just like in shock. And I look at my bride and just like a giddy 14 year old, I said, babe, can you wait right here with the kids? I'm going to go meet them. And she's like, you've got to be kidding me. And I'm like, babe, I know this is a withdrawal, <laughs> but just trust me. I got to take this moment. So I look over and right in front of me is Bob Stoops. And so Bob Stoops is our head football coach. And I'm just kind of in shock and I see him and I'm just, I don't know. I was just kind of, it just feel like time stood still for a moment, you know, and I know this is kind of confessing sin right now. It's almost like idolatry. But to me, it was like the Little Mermaid, where it's just like, ah, where I'm just like, I mean, it's just like, wow, I mean, I can't believe it. And so I walk up to Bob, and I don't know exactly how I expected this conversation to go. Uh, But I looked at Bob, and in my head, I know Bob. I mean, I know I don't actually know Bob, but I, I mean, I'm, I've got excitement because I know a lot about Bob. I mean, I've read the newspaper. I've read the websites. I've watched him on TV. I've watched games on, online. I've read about his, uh, uh, I mean, his offensive plans. I know that he coached at Kent State. I know that he then went to K-State, and then he went to Florida and studied study under Steve Spurrier. I know he was a defensive coordinator there. I, I know a lot. I mean, I know his wife's name's Carol. I know that he's got a, a brother named Mike, another brother named Mark. I know that he has twin sons. I've seen a picture of his house on Google. Images. I mean, I, I just, 
It, I don't know why. I just, I just, I like him. I mean, he kind of rescued the program. We were nothing in the 90s, and when we came back in the 2000s. I just like him, and so I don't know what I expect him. But I, I, I walk up to Bob. He's on the phone, and I just decide to wait for a moment. He gets off the phone. I look at him, and I said, good job, coach. We'll get him next year. And he looked at me. I'm in my mid-30s, and I, he goes, thanks, son. And he pats me on the head twice. <laughs> like, boop, boop. And I just crumbled like my world. <laughs> I was like, oh. And here's what I realized in that moment. I don't know Bob. I know about a lot about Bob. I've got information about Bob. I've lived in Bob's world. I know a lot about his family and football. And I've, I've paid a lot of attention. And it's, it's on the radio. And I can watch him on TV. And I know it. But I, in that moment, face to face, I don't know, Bob. And I just want us to take a moment as we look at our lives, because we've got this one chance. We've got however many decades left to say, okay, there's a day where I'm going to stand before Jesus, and I want to know him then, and I want to know him now. When Paul talks here, it's the present tense. He's saying, I want to know Christ. It's present tense. It's not, I got saved and now I'm going to marinate on the planet till death. It's I, man, here in this prison cell, I, I want to know Jesus. I want to know God. And when I dream about where God's calling us as a church, my prayer is that from early on, we would possess this desire in us. I want to know God. We put it right at the center. It's essential, it's core to who God's called us to be. And I, my prayer is that you and I then would begin to make intentional plans where we would say, okay, if God is knowable, James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. So I can draw near to the heart of God. God wants to draw near to me. And in the days that I have, I wanna be intentional about I, as for me, not my parents, not my children, not my brothers and sisters, me. Not my pastor, not the board, not the author that I read, not the singer, me. As for me, I, present tense, resolution, growing like a crescendo inside of us, determination, I. I, God, I want to know you. When Jesus prays, there'd be people that know God. I want to be that person. I want to be someone that when I stand before God one day, I know him. That right now, and I'm not saying, I mean, I, I know we go through good days and bad days. We go through days where it seems awesome. We go through days that it seems hard. I'm not talking about an airy-fairy dream world. I'm talking about a determination, a resolution that though I go through great days and I go through hard days. Days where it seems like my marriage is amazing and days where it's hard. Days where it seems like my kids are amazing and days where it's hard. Days where it seems like the bills are all paid and woo, the Sooners are winning. And days where it seems like, anyway, where it's hard. Whatever your journey, what it put your, what it, good days and bad days, it's this determination. A part of my confession, who I am as a person, right? Central is I will pay any price. What will it cost? I want to know it. Even the way Paul says that right there, the fellowship of his suffering. 
He's saying there's something in that to where it actually costs me. I want to participate in the sufferings of Christ. I don't want this to be the easy life. I'm not looking for the American dream. I'm looking for the Jesus dream. I want to be close. I've got a resolution inside me and so that we would place this conviction and make it practical. All right, time and a place. I'm going to be with God. Imagine a church where there's a whole lot of people that are really convinced that God is knowable. So they're spending time alone with Jesus and they know him and they walk with him. I... Uh, I haven't introduced my, my family yet. I actually was born, um, I'm a triplet. I don't know if you know what that is. Um, it's the equivalent of being born in a litter. And uh, so my, I'm, I'm David, and then four minutes younger is Dana, and then four minutes younger, minutes younger is Deborah. My younger brother, five years later, is Dan. My mom's name is Debbie. My dad's name is Hal. And my, uh, my parents... Are incredible, and they had this determination, even from when we were young, to help us walk with Jesus and spend time alone with God. And, and so, from my earliest days, uh, I remember my my parents helping me and just focusing what it means and get alone with God and have real conversation and know God and and teaching me how to be alone with God and how to listen to His voice and how to study the Scripture and what it means to pray. And and in my journey. I'm 39 years old, and so I, I went into ministry uh, straight out of high school, and in my journey, my, 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 my number one, no question, the number one thing that has helped me in my own pursuit of God is a time and a place to be alone with God. And my prayer for us is not that we would be a Sunday church, where we just gather on Sundays and worship on Sundays. Man, I want to worship. I want to lift the roof. I want this city to know God. And my prayer is that, man, when you walk in, you ex you, people encounter the presence of God and people experience Jesus, but also that we would have disciples in our church that are alone with Jesus every day. And man, there's definitely days you miss it, but, there's that, but the, you spring back and the determination is out of, I may miss it, but I want to go back. I, I want to know Jesus. And I have this resolution. As for me, I'm going to know God. I'm going to fall short, but I'm going to know him. I'll conclude with this. One of my uh, favorite stories is about Matthew Emmons. And he was, a, he, he, he was a rifle shooter in the 2004 Olympics. And he was very good. He was in first place. And he was about to win gold. And all he had to do to win gold was just hit the bullseye or the target. He didn't even have to hit the bullseye. He just had to hit the target. And he's about to win gold, and so he goes to shoot his last shot, only has to hit the target, and he finishes 2004 Olympics as a gold medal winner. And he pulls back, he shoots, and boom, hits the bullseye. But he hit the bullseye of the target to the right of the person next to him and got eighth place and walked away with no medal. And here's why I tell that story, because I look at my culture that I live in, and there's a target that says, get everything right. Get social status right. Get education right. Get retirement right. Get your house right. Get all your cars right. And you get all those things right, and you've hit the target. But when we read Jesus, we read the scriptures, there's a better target. And this is the target. And our temptation is to spend our whole lives making that the target 
and just kind of doing, oh, yeah, yeah, and we'll get the Jesus thing too. And we just kind of fit him into a collage of goals. But imagine with me if we set in our hearts, as for me, that's the bullseye. I'm not going to hit, the, I'm not going to get to the end of my life and got all that right, but I missed the one thing that mattered most. As for me, I want to know Christ. It's core to who I am. So this morning, I don't know where you come from, what your story is, but maybe, maybe you're, you've been living for yourself and, and you want to make a decision to follow Jesus today. I mean, you want to make a decision to know God. So I want to take a moment. If you would, would you just bow your heads with me? And I just want to invite you to pray. If that's you this morning, I just want to invite you just to, just to say, I'm going to say yes to God today. I want to give my life to Jesus. And I just want to give you the opportunity. You may be in this room and you may not be, but my goal and my dream is that this would be a place where people come to know God. And so if you would just confess this prayer, just say it to God. Just between you and the Lord, I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm just going to ask you. It's between you and Jesus. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you that I can live in right standing with you. I turn away from my way. I don't want to live for me. I want to know you. I want to bend my life around following you. I don't want my ways. I want your ways. Come be in me. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me. I give you my life. I want to walk in relationship with Jesus. So come, save me today. I want to live with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that between you and the Lord, we know that you've made a decision to follow Jesus, and it's the best decision that you'll ever make. And I want to encourage you, we want to connect with you if that's you. So if you can, we, when you came in, there was a connection card on your chair. My hope is that you would just, on the connection card, if you would just tell us, just say, I made a decision. You can just check the box. It just says, I made a decision to follow Jesus. We just want to follow up with you, and we just want to connect with you. I want to invite all of us to go ahead and let's stand. and Let's just make this decision to God that we want. Those of you that have said, I've already made a decision to follow Jesus. I made that decision a year ago or 10 months ago or 20 years ago. But let's just make this resolution in our hearts today. I want to know Jesus. I want to know God. If that's you, will you just, will you just hold out your hands like this? And let's just, let's just make this statement to the Lord today. God, we love you. And we just say today, you're better than eating well. You're better than good retirement. You're better than football. God, you're better than the best trips, the best house, the best restaurants. God, we want you more than we want anything. And we want to know you. You're better than our kids making straight A's. You're better than our kids on the best sports teams. You're better than anything. You surpass being respected in society. You surpass anything that the world has to offer. So we realign our hearts today with your word. We thank you for the scriptures. Thank you that they teach us, help us to know how to live. And we ask, help us, God. Help that resolution to be inside of us that lived inside of the Apostle Paul. Let that be inside of us that we want to know Jesus. Oh, the worth 
of a relationship with God that's real. Strengthen us with might in our inner man. Help us to walk with you all of our days. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name. And all of Radiance said, amen. Let's give the Lord a shout out. Can you do that with me? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I love it. One of my dreams is that church would be a place that's really, really smiley and happy. I don't know why. I just, I love smiley factor. So just get used to that. I love that. I love a place where people walk in and there's life, there's joy, there's hope. And so my prayer is that God would, would mark us with that, that as a church, and I don't know, maybe you're just checking us out today and, and you're like, I was just kicking the tires, I won't be back. Okay. <laughs> that guy's crazy. Maybe, though, the Lord is calling you to be a part of this tribe. We're so grateful for every church in the city. We're, I know. I mean, I'm so grateful for so many of the different congregations in Kansas City. We just want to play our role on the team. So there's others that are going to, you know, play fullback and offensive line. We don't know. We're the kicker. We're going to play our role, though. Whatever God's called us to play on the team to reach Kansas City, we want to, we want to do what God's called us to do. We invite you to be a part of that. We're grateful that you came this morning. I just want to remind you, too, that at 1 o'clock today, we're just going to have a quick info meeting. So we'll have, if you want to stick around, you're just like, this is a little interesting. I can handle 30 more minutes. Uh, I want to just invite you to stick around and hang out with us. We'll tell that story um, for just a little bit. Let's just, on this first day, if you would, no matter what, no matter if you came in from another part of town or another part of the country, another part of the world, my prayer is as an offering to God on our day one, that there would be passionate worship where we would look to God and on day one, we would just say, you're awesome. You're lifted up. Be, be praised, be magnified and be glorified above everything. So let's sing this one last worship song and then you're free to go, okay? Let's give it everything we've got. Let's worship the Lord together. Thanks again for listening. To learn more and to join our Radiant family, check us out on social media and online at Radiant Church KC dot com.